and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of United by Wrestling. I am your host, Dustin Destruction, and my co-host, Dave here. And we are joined by two excellent guests. They are your reigning MLW Tag Team Champions, and they are also part of the uh, legendary Von Erich family. We welcome Ross and Marshall Von Erich to our show today. How's it going, guys? Hey, yeah, appreciate the introduction. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. We appreciate y'all. So, um, before we get started, because we're going to have some fan questions, we got fan questions, I mean, questions of our own for you guys. Uh, do you guys have any, like, merch or anything you guys want to plug? Social media? Yeah, yeah so uh, so you can get our shirts uh, at ProWrestlingTees.com at the Von Eric store or MLWShop.com, and uh, there's some Von Eric shirts on there. And then if you want to follow us on Twitter, at Marshall Von Eric, at Ross Von Eric on Twitter, and then at Instagram, it's uh, Ram Von Eric at Ram. R-A-M for Ross and Marshall. Nice. Yeah, my Von Eric shirt's on its way and didn't get here in time, but got the nice Von Eric County shirt. It's pretty solid. That's awesome, man. Thanks thanks for for supporting. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. That that fires us up big time. Absolutely. Do you have a shirt I can buy? Say it it one more time. Do uh, do you have a shirt that I can buy? No, we do not, unfortunately. (laughs) But you guys will be the first ones we'll send it to when we make one. Uh, that's a good deal. All right, guys. So um, let's start out with a couple. I, you guys kind of tweeted on some of them back. There's a couple of fan questions we'll start with before we get into our stuff. So let me pull up the tweet. I pinned it so I didn't lose it. All right. So um, Jay Prozer, I hope I said that right, <laughs> at Prozer 10 on Twitter asked, how does your family influence you besides the obvious? I'm assuming inf- influence you outside of us. I, I, he wasn't very clear yeah. on that, but <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, that that's man, that's an awesome question, and you know, um, yeah, of course, of course, I feel like we um, we'd be crazy if we didn't you know, pick my dad's brain and get advice, especially for you know for wrestling. But you know, he, he's he's a he's a man that's experienced life, did a lot of searching in his earlier days, and 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 so he's he's he is a great man to 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 talk to because someone that has experienced death as much as he did. It did, and to guys that his brothers, he was so close to. It was them versus the world at one point. They felt like, and you know, it was uh, for someone to lose so much. He said, "Death can do two things to a man. It can it can harden you and make you angry towards the world, you know, shut down people, or it can make you compassionate and soft towards the people you love and and, and people around you. Like you don't want to see people suffer, and that's something definitely that we've taken from my dad. And going to these shows, you know, before we got to MLW on these indie shows. We just realize every fan has a story. Every person there has a story of why they're there, and it's um, it, it's hard to get mad at someone because we're in airports all the time. That's the most frustrating situation. One of the frustrating situations that are traffic. We're in the airport. Everyone's in a rush. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of out for each other. No, no one has compassion, and th- th- those are the most important times I feel to to you know to, to for for us to have compassion. And so so we. we We've been, we've tried to learn from my dad in that way, you know. Is, is you know everyone's got a story. You don't know how, if they lost somebody this week or, you know, and they all paid to come see you. And so you know, give them their monies or spend time with them, get to know them. And, and that's been one of some of the best advice he's given us. That's great advice. That's awesome. Um, he also put in the same uh, tweet, "How will losing the contra feel again?" <laughs> oh, okay. So here's we have another fan. <laughs> So I'm, I'm excited to clarify this. We've uh, we've battled Contra three times, once in Philadelphia, our debut in Milwaukee, then then uh, Chicago, not Philadelphia. 
and then we battled them in uh, Dallas at War Chamber. And if, uh, my, if my math is correct, we won three times in a row. <laughs> so uh, I don't know where this guy's getting his facts from, but uh, I like him, though. He's pumping me up. He's getting me ready for uh, for the restart. Yeah, you know, somebody's going to be the bad guy. You know, I'll, I'll let him do that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so another one asked, would either of you two ever want to go for a singles world title run in MLW? I can't remember the at name, but I saw it. One of them was asking if you, one of you would want to do a solo run to go for a world title. You guys solely tag team right now. Right. That, that, that's, a, that's a good question. You know, the dream from when we were kids, I mean, it, it all started with my dad, of course, watching him really young. But then we saw the Hardy brothers and, you know, there was two of them. My dad had, you know, my dad had five brothers. And so we saw that there's two of them. And, man, we loved them so much watching them growing up. We, we would just, we felt like we were them and we're on the trampoline doing all their moves and constantly wrestling each other and then the day they broke up uh they broke up and uh, rivaled against each other that day was a really hard day for us we're, you know we're brothers and we really looked at them like they're the future us and when they broke up I remember it hurt so bad that we told each other I mean, we're never when we're a tag team we didn't say if we said when we're a tag team we're never breaking up we're staying together we're brothers and and uh, that's something we're gonna hold on to so so i mean tag belts are the real reason why we're here but you know, and any anywhere where that where court, you know, the the, the he's the he's the general of MLW. If, if he wants me, if he wants one of us to go to for a title shot, uh, we're yes men. We'll say yes, and we're gonna try as hard as we can to get it. There you go. I like that answer. Yeah, <laughs> tag team, but you know, you won't refuse the title shot if they ask you to do it. I, I like that response. Excuse me. You know, if, if you get that opportunity, there's a lot of guys working for that and begging, praying for that, and I can't say no to that. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the last fan question I see is from Morning Lori two six one twelve. She wants to know what do you guys do to keep yourself entertained while traveling? Entertained while traveling, man. Okay, so we're always making each other laugh. You know, if it's you know just falling down escalators, you know, if, uh, I don't know, farting in elevators. <laughs> we're really we're super immature. Yeah, we we have really highbrow, you know, comedic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how old you are or what country, and farts will always be funny. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, you can be in, we're in Japan, that's the international laughter code right there. You bust one of the, sometimes it's appropriate. If you're in a cab and the guy's having a bad day, that's when you're, that's, but for us, it's even funnier because he's mad about it. And so that's like, we gotta, we gotta chill out from, but uh, I don't know, we, we stay pretty entertained, you know, because we're in Hawaii, we are. In a on a rock in the middle of the ocean, so it, it's uh, and I mean, we got a we got a Walmart, we got a Costco, and that's really it. And so when we leave this island, we are extremely entertained. Yeah, the whole we're, time. We're, we're pretty fascinated the whole time. We're always pointing at each other, you know. Whoa, look like, a toy or uh, look a Ford. <laughs> While we have is Toyota. <laughs> hey, that's sweet. Um, so she also wants to know who got more in trouble as a kid when when you guys were kids. Um. Uh, <laughs> In different I, ways, we got in trouble. Yeah, and for uh, for me, Ross, it was, uh, I guess, when I was uh, maybe elementary school age. I remember I was always getting suspended, kicked out of school, but I, <laughs> for fighting. You know, even though I was shy, he was I, a passionate little kid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I had strong feelings, you know, at the time. And um, but yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah. And Marshall was always getting in trouble, but he was always doing the little the mischievous talking. kind of stuff. I was talking, and yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody laughed. <laughs> trying to do pranks and stuff, but, but yeah, I, I remember, I remember Ross, uh, 
always <laughs> being in the office because he had gotten a fight. Somebody, but it was always for a good reason. He was justified in it. So some guy spit on a girl, so he punched him in the face, and he was, he was coming from a fourth grader, you know. And and, he, and my dad, my dad couldn't get mad at him when he got home. And one time he got suspended for fighting. He uh, he fought this kid, this foreign exchange student, this Russian kid, and he was like, uh, I think in like third or fourth grade, and fifth grade. Fifth grade. And the kid uh, flipped him off in front of everybody, in front of the whole class. And Ross, as a, as a yeah, kind and, of kid, insulted was, all the girls, you know. So I thought <laughs> I'd step in and try to be the hero and punch him in the mouth. Yeah, punch him <laughs> in the mouth. And I got I got kicked out of school for about a week. But, oh. but when he came home, my dad shook his hand and took us to Chuck E. Cheese. I I got rewarded for it too. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's awesome. <laughs> so. Now, that was it for a fan question, but I have to ask, are you, since you guys kind of mentioned farting and stuff, are you guys kind of like to fart in the ring and try to get people to break character or anything? <laughs> that's a, man, uh, no, that, that's a good technique. I feel like if, if it's, if it's not too loud, maybe, maybe you can't, but actually that's an embarrassing story. I'll share it with you guys, but uh, we were in Japan and you know how the matches in Japan, the crowds are just really quiet and it's just, it's just how they are. They, they start off, you could like. You could whisper in the in the back of the building, and you you'd be heard. It's that quiet, and uh, it was really strange to start wrestling in that environment. But uh, it was like my fifth or sixth match in, and we uh, I was still adjusting to the Japanese food. I guess <laughs> uh, I was just so gassy, and um, I was chain wrestling this guy, and he kicked me in the stomach, and I just ripped ripped one super loud, like it echoed in the building, and it, that was my first pop of my career. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, funny. I still call it the pop. There's <laughs> several pops, actually. Yeah, several pops. Yeah, yeah and with the you know watching some new Japan stuff, you're right. Their crowds are pretty quiet, so that thing probably echoed quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like man, of all places to fart, this is the bad place. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it so so great, though. Yeah. yeah exactly. Not um, to mention I'm in the grass, and I had a I had to get in trouble after for 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 my for my wrestling and the fart. So. It was, oh God. Humbling. <laughs> Wait, they actually pulled you in the back and like said something about that? Yeah. We were young boys. We were young boys then, and so um, it was mostly about my wrestling, not really about the fart. Okay. It, it, but it, it was heard. That, that was the, I was just like, please don't say anything about the fart. Please don't say anything about the fart. <laughs> Farts, why? Why fart? And then uh, no, no, nothing, never mind. And then he got on about what I did in the ring. You know, uh, it, but it, it, I, we're, we're nothing but thankful for, for Japan and what they did for us. It, it was a great time. Do you remember your opponent during that match? Uh, Ricky Marvin, he's from Mexico. Yeah, huh. he he but he he busted out laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think he started the chain reaction of uh of the pop you got right there. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you got him over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, host Dave, do you have any a quick question? We'll flip flop now onto our questions. Uh, yes, I do. What are your favorite road stories, guys? If you have any. Road stories, man. Yeah, we've, there's there's plenty of them, but. I mean, there's been some. There's been some really, really good ones. I mean, there's been some memorable ones like uh, going to Israel with my dad and uh, rest, wrestling for his retirement match. Um, the first time we worked at uh, at TNA for Slammiversary, which was on Father's Day, my dad came in the ring. We weren't aware of it, but he came in and it popped us because we had no idea he was coming in, and he stuck the claw on somebody, and that was just unbelievable to witness and be right there. That was the first one, but then then there was Israel, and then. Uh, Honestly, uh, our debut in MLW was just super impactful, and it was uh, it was a 
a pretty long it was, it was a cool road to get to that point and then of course when mlw came to dallas that was that meant the most to us because you know they were they, they, that was a they, for them to never come to dallas and do it do it while we're you know that was the, that was where we were pretty we we're working there quite like often you know almost every weekend and so it was it was um it was meant a lot to us going over there but favorite road stories there there's um there's a few i don't want to tell any like gross ones like i said our humor's gross like, yeah well hey we we have a par- we have a parental advisory on our show so okay. say whatever you want <laughs> like childish gross not <laughs> hey everyone has a little child in them so if you don't want to share it go ahead but feel free if you want to don't hold back <laughs> so yeah, but there's um uh, in japan they, we had a lot of free time and so you know with with all that free time you know we we would you know you get so bored you get so bored of if, uh, I don't know, just there's no our phones didn't work. We couldn't, uh, we didn't have Wi-Fi. Just so. the monotony of everyday life. Yeah, yeah. And training was over from then, from three o'clock to the rest of the day. There's really nothing. There's, you stay in the dojo and you can work out. That's it. And you know, but you're in Tokyo, so we we started. We embraced the culture and went around. But to make each other laugh, you know, we would like film each other, like uh, fall down escalators, or you know, just mm-hmm. like just uh, I don't know, just a. It, the the we love getting the reactions out of the Japanese people, especially from wrestling. But and like I don't know, it's just so funny how because everybody there is so polite and gentle and respectful, and to see something out of the ordinary over there is like just so crazy. And so yeah, we just do weird stuff like that, you know. Yeah, uh, trip and fall on escalators, fart in elevators, like, <laughs> all, all that stuff. All that good stuff. Yeah. So. Speaking of Goofy, what the heck was that promo? I think it was you, Marshall, that posted on the beach. What were you guys exactly trying to do there? Like dragging <laughs> each other on the sand and stuff? Like what? I don't know. So that that was completely improv. We were to see where it went. And if or somehow it ended with Ross grabbing my ankles and dragging off. Dragging <laughs> the body. I, I, I think at that point I knew we weren't going to actually use the promo. So I'm like, yeah. let's just make it as weird as we can. <laughs> I think you should have yeah. used it. It's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to pro- like if we could completely be ourselves, this is how this is how this is how we would be. <laughs> hey, I got nah. a laugh on it. It did. <laughs> so, all right, Dave, you, I'll let you start with all your questions. I'll follow up after uh, that. So, go ahead, Dave. What's your next question? All right. So, what was, what has been your guys' favorite feuds? Ooh, man, that's a good one. You know, yeah. and just MLW or just in our careers. You can do MLW or your career; it don't matter. You know, uh, MLW definitely uh, contra because that was that, that was the, the first feud, and um, you know we were really good friends with Tom Lawler before all this, and it was uh, it just felt really good to fight next to somebody that we really respected and, and you know admired, and so that, that 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 part was awesome. But I got a feeling then that um, the Von Erickson Filthy Squad is going to be a a one to remember because he did disrespect the flag and I owe it to a lot of tech. There's a lot of angry Texans out there that want yeah, justice. We're still, for... still getting mail from that. People are complaining about it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're upset about it, and so we're we're gonna have, we're gonna have to bring justice. Ruth, sorry, my dog's barking. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, bring that justice. Come on, guys, you're slacking. <laughs> I guess you can use the pandemic for that. <laughs> No, bad dog. All right, Dave, what's your next one? And my next one is, have you guys always wanted to be wrestlers, or did you have something else you had in mind you wanted to do? Uh, we always knew we'd do something athletically. You know, as growing up, you know, we're, we love football. 
Uh, you know, I, ra- I love riding dirt bikes as a kid. You know, you just go through these phases where you're into certain things. And I, I believe with all my heart, you know, one day that, you know, I'd, I'd be in the NFL or, or uh, do, you know, some kind of athlete. You know, my, my grandpa played in the, in the AFL and my, uh, my uncle, you know, qualified for the Olympics. So I figured, you know, we'd do something athletic, you know. But, I, I mean, my youngest childhood memories, I always wanted to be a wrestler. My brother, too. My my expectations weren't as high. I wanted to be you know a trash man or just something. That, you know, I was, I was steady looking for something steady, and then this this butthole threw me into wrestling. Uh, come on, man! You wouldn't you didn't live, live yeah. this trash man dream. <laughs> I know you could have been the best trash man in the world. Kind of dream over here. I, I, I had to crush his dreams there, man. I don't know. <laughs> so, I just, there's, there's, I mean, my wife says it all the time. I just, the way I throw a bag in a trash can is like no one's ever seen before. <laughs> I, I, I can make it flip, spin, dunk, you name it. That's there a talent. Go. That is a talent right there. I might have to try that at work tomorrow. <laughs> Slam dunk a trash bag in front of the customers. <laughs> Tell them Devon Eric's told me to do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, Dave. Awesome. There you go, man. You're, you're good then. Yep. I'm good with mine. All right. So I kind of like to go a little bit, you know, I had a dream. I want to be a professional wrestler. Epilepsy took me out. So I like to, just in case anyone ever listens to these podcasts who wants to be one, what would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten as a wrestler currently? And what advice would you guys give to anyone that might want to get into the business? You know, it's, um, it's crazy with wrestling. Everybody can have such, such, such a different journey. You know, we went the, wrestling academy uh and from there you know because for us i i'm 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 i'd be crazy to say that that we're not blessed by the name the name von eric has helped us so 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 much but we feel it's our duty as brothers to honor that name but with how my dad and his brothers my grandfather lived i mean how, how they how they how they bled sweat and they gave their lives for for, for for wrestling and so it's almost like an honor and a privilege to to do this with my brother and so i feel like our, our way was you know in the beginning it, it was it was pretty rough my dad kind of threw us to the wolves by sending us to japan we, we didn't know what we were getting getting into and it was it was some rugged stuff for the uh, first three months we came home for a few days went back for three months you know it was you know you're battling homesickness and all this stuff nobody speaks english and it's like it's like a war every day you're going in there and you're sparring these guys are some of them are olympic wrestlers these guys are just like he-man strong and that you there's uh, I remember what the one point there was nine guys and you're in the middle of the ring and each one of them spars you for about four minutes and by the third guy you're like seeing seeing like tunnel vision you can barely like breathe and you got like you know you got a couple more guys to go and they're just they're just it's a humbling experience they're, they're having their way with you they're throwing you over your shoulder you're doing flips you're doing whatever they make you do and so that, that was an extremely humbling experience for us but you know, for, for, for just like, I mean, any guy getting into wrestling, I think the, the wrestling academy is, is, the, is the best way to go if you can find one or if you have a promotion near you or around you. It just consistency is key. It's, you know, if, if we would have gave up, we wanted to give up really, really early in our career. Um, we felt like we weren't honoring the name and we weren't good at it, but we had to go through that stage of, of where you, you know, man, I suck, but without without a battle, there's no victory. You, you you know, it's it's okay to not be good at something at first, and and you know, fight through it. And it's a, definitely a humbling experience. Don't read people's 
comments, you know, you'll get to your head, try to really try to, you know, look at the best in everybody, to see the best in everybody. It's, it's, you know, if you look at, if you read negative comments like I did in the beginning of my career, then you're upset, you're thinking that that, that two or three bad comment that you've got, you think everybody's thinking it, and you may, it's, uh, it's like, you can get really insecure really fast, and so, I, I, that was, uh, that, I mean, that's, if, if that's advice I would definitely give to somebody that was getting, just getting in, you know, just getting in, just consistent, find a promotion around you, you know, and just be the yes man, you don't, don't complain, wherever the promoter, or the upper, upper guys need you, just do it, you know, and, and for the, you know, for the baby faces, show fire, be someone that uh, kid that kids can look up to and people want want to be for heels you know get those people that hate you <laughs> you know and <laughs> there, there's some heels that want to be good guys and so it, it can be complicated or they want to get over and uh, it's you know but it's crazy we're blessed enough to be in MLW where, where these guys these guys are bad to the bone and and, and it's believable because you know they're 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 living it you know it's 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 pretty it's pretty awesome yeah, that's that's sound advice. So hopefully, if anyone's looking into business, I'd really listen to them on that one. So, mm-hmm. um, who was the tr- you mentioned the you know Nightman sparring you know in Japan and that who was the head trainer there? So the the head trainers they're like uh, uh, two coaches that would were in there every day coaching us, which was um, Aoki San and uh, Ginba. <laughs> they both wrestled for Pro Wrestling Noah. <laughs> they were the head trainers. They were the the last to graduate before us, and so it's like, uh, and then the higher ups like more Fuji, Akiyama son, uh, Kobashi son, all, all these Shizaki guys, son. yeah, Shizaki, um, uh, Segura, Kataro, Kataro, all those Jeez. guys were there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was stacked. And when we first got there, we, like, you know, we didn't, we uh, we were we were we were fans of uh, all Japan and a little bit of New Japan, but we weren't really watching like crazy, and then. We just became like diehard trusting Noah fans as we were there. It was the day we met Kenta. That guy is like the coolest guy you'll ever meet. Not just like he's nice and stuff, but like he's like what cool is. Everything he does is cool. He smells cool. He like sounds cool. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how he does it. And like I don't know. He would walk in uh, walk in the dojo while we're there, and like all the foreign guys would just like oh shoot, Kenta's here. Like start whispering. I mean, for, he he was he was just like. And then you get in the ring and you just beat the crap out of people. And yeah, we actually had a friend one time, uh, a friend one time uh, from I think it was Chile, but we, I went to Kenta and it was a joke. It was promised it was a joke, but I gave him like uh, five thousand yen, which I think is like five five bucks. Five bucks. And I was like, hey, please, please, uh, very stiff with my friend tonight. Like like be, like beat him up. And he's like, okay. And my friend was like, dude, why'd you say that, man? What what the hell? Shut up. Why'd you tell him that? He's all scared. And he really was super stiff. Like kicked him in the face. I felt so bad. I felt like I did, like oh, yeah, I had, like the bloody after, and he's like limping. I was like, oh, like I packed his bag to get me on the bus. I felt so bad for him. My bobs were caught. I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I wish I could meet Kenta. I met him as Hideo with Tommy and WWE, but I just feel like I would like to hear all his stories around. You know, man, he, he really, he's just that. He was just. Uh, I don't know. He was just—he was so good at what he did, and he—he he mostly kept to himself. Like I said, everything he did was cool. But um, you know, more Fuji helped us so much with—you know—he he would by teaching us, he, he would wrestle us, and that's where we got—you know—experience is your best teacher. Wrestling four times a week for—you know—three months at a time, five times a week. Sometimes we're going on fourteen-day tours, you know, and it became the dojo felt like a home at one point because we were on the road so much. And when we got to the dojo, I was like, oh man, something consistent. Finally, like I have a bed, you know. I, I just got—I was really grateful for 
the, the little things, you know, and training, training was really, really hard, and, and but it was good for us, you know, right when we woke up, it was, um, you start off with uh, bumps, you do, you know, we roll, we do um, 50 back bumps, 50 front bumps, you know, and it's, it, it's, for someone that's never taken a bump, it, it was pretty rough at first, and now that every single day, and then it's just, then you, then you're, then you're taking elbows, you're taking hip tosses, taking suplexes all day long, and so, and then after that, we do 300 push-ups and a thousand standing squats, and so that every single day, it just, it makes you, you know, it humbles you big time, but it, it kind of, I definitely turned into a man in Japan. I, I, I had to learn how to, okay, I'm not, I can't complain. If I complain, I'm the only guy complaining. I just got to man up and do this, you know, and no one else is complaining about it. And it made us closer as brothers, too, because we felt like we were all we had. There you go. So, um, was your dad always, like, obviously, you know, he, you know, he was one of the most legendary taxis. Was he always for you guys becoming wrestlers, or was he, was he like, off a board when you guys mentioned it, or was he kind of having some hesitation towards it? Oh, uh, he, he was just supportive of whatever we, we did or whatever we were going to do, whatever our, our dreams were. He just was behind us. You know, when I wanted to play football, he was at every practice, every game, and just would only just give me that positive reinforcement. You know, my brother also, you know, all, all the sports we did and everything. And um, and I think the, the day we decided, it was – the day we decided we wanted to to be wrestlers, I don't know, my my dad's face just lit up and you could tell that, you know, we had, we just built this bond that was like stronger than just father-son, you know, yeah. now we could, you know, connect on a professional level also, you know, and yeah. talk about wrestling and talk about, you know, the, the trips, being on the road and hotels and all this kind of stuff. And You're so going to the same buildings, working the same towns, it, 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 it made us almost feel like my dad, was like talking to his brothers. He said in a way. Remember one night we were just talking when we got home after a trip. We've been wrestling for three or four years, and I did. He, you see in his eyes that he was so like internally happy. Especially when we were in Noah, we we were gone for you know we lived there most of the year, and when we got home, it was man, it was so good to to, to see everybody. We were like couldn't even talk. We were just like laughing the whole time. We're so happy to see each other, and and been uh, they they came out and visited us and. You know, my dad said that you know he he dropped us off as boys when he picked us up. We look like we look like men. We both had real fat necks from all the bumps and stuff. We were, I was as pasty as you can possibly be. I was bright white, see through, and it, it was it was just I don't know. It was just it was a really great experience for us. But but you know, with my dad's stories, it's it's we we learned to take his advice now. Take take what he's saying to heart. But he was a little hesitant when we were young, young about it, you know, he, he was, you know, what, what he saw in WWE, he didn't really like, so we had to like hide and watch, uh, the attitude era. Cause we loved it so much. You go to our friend's <laughs> house and watch it. And then at one point he's caught us watching it and he's like, get in the car. We're, uh, we're going to, we're watching on a tape and we got in the car and raw was doing, was in Dallas that, that night. My dad took us like backstage. It was unbelievable. You know, we, we were, I was so invested. I remember I saw undertaker, like, and I was like, boy, that guy's like a murderer because I saw him hang Boss Man last week. You know, like, I, I was like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, he's not in prison? I just, I believed it 100%. And, you know, my, it was it was such a, it was so crazy to experience that. And my dad being there, the, the guys respected my dad. And I was like, whoa, they know my dad? It was just really, really cool. Do you get, I don't know if Michael Hayes was still a producer, was a producer at that time, but did you get to see him and your dad interact at all? Or Yeah, I've seen them interact a ton of times. They're like, they're like uh, a married couple or they're they're I hate you I'll kick your butt 
then I love you, man. I'm sorry I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so back and forth. Yeah, they're, they're they're almost at each other's throats the whole time, but they're also they have that mutual love and respect yeah. for each other. They're they're, they're the last of, of 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 world class, you know, like a few or last of the few of them. And 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 you know, my dad my dad still keeps in touch with David Manning too, the referee of the world class. But him and Michael were they're it's super funny to see them together. You know, they're they're the exact opposite, but they're like. They're they're just alike too. I don't know. It's weird. They're the same the same upbringing. Yeah, they did. It's cool to see them. You know, still hit, you know talk and stuff when they can because those guys did so many great things. The Freebirds and Von Erics. You know, there's a lot to thank them for in the wrestling business. I bet. So, um, when you went backstage, you 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 mentioned you saw Undertaker. Did you guys get to meet anybody else like Steve Austin or? Oh man, yeah, Steve Austin. That was he was. You know, everybody says this, but we were like his biggest fans. You know, we were we're there. You know, man, watching him that with the, all the feuds he was doing with Vince McMahon and stuff. We met Steve Austin. That was huge. We uh, uh, was was it uh, the, we met the Brood. They're all back there. They had the blood all over them. That was scary. Uh, that, that was an eight year old. Yes, man. yeah, really scary <laughs> to see. Hey, look who just walked in, Kevin Von Erich himself. He's right here. What's up, Dad? Hey, mind if my dad say hello? Yeah, definitely. Hello there. Uh, yeah, how's it going? It's an honor, sir. How are you doing? Oh, uh, my pleasure, man. Hope you're doing good today. Well, we're over here doing the podcast over at his house, and he just came downstairs. Wow. Hey, that's that's awesome. We just got Kevin Von Erich exciting on the show. That's one that we'll remember for sure. That is. If, if, you, uh, if you need a, a bump or something, he's right here. Uh, take it easy, buddy. Hey, you too. <laughs> you too, sir. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, was the Rock there at that? I'm trying to remember. Like, what year do you guys remember going? Was he there? Or? Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, I, I remember the Rock was there. It was it was an awesome experience. But what kind of sucked is we stayed backstage, so we didn't get to watch the show. And so, um, but it was just it, it was crazy. And then we went back in um, for Hall of Fame, and uh, I think it was 2009. No, 2006. Nine, I think it was. Yeah, I, I forget what year it was, but um, it was either in Houston or Dallas, and then. That was just unreal because some of the guys that uh, just like I looked up to so much to see how respectful they were to my dad. Like one in particular, Randy Orton was really respectful to my dad, and um, Edge, super respectful, and uh, and like remembered my name and stuff. And that was really like that was that meant a lot as a you know as a freshman uh, watching these guys on TV and stuff. And then uh, Undertaker was WrestleMania weekend. Undertaker was like so nice. Him and my dad like had stories and stuff about him. Uh, uh, kind of do my uncle Dave's gimmick because he was a big red redheaded guy. Yeah, and, and the, he worked in world class at the beginning of his career too. You know, so they had that history. Yeah, it was really cool. So, does your dad does he have um much like film or matches that you guys can watch of him or like I know you know when he wrestled. I mean, you guys had to be what uh, young young kids or yeah, yeah, really young. Ross got I think the the tail end of it, but it was. Um, before, because they did, he sold uh, world class to Vince a few, like not a few years ago, a while back. But um, before that, yeah, we had every single match that world class ever shot. We had a um, um, we had a little farmhouse full of tapes, and uh, we just go in there and just twenty four seven watch wrestling film. You know, just nonstop as kids. It was, it was we just loved it so much. But that's why uh, Attitude Era was such a shock coming from from that to that. You know. It was, like whoa, what's going? But this this is different, you know. 
<laughs> much more old school and you know strictly probably about wrestling while attitude era obviously was a lot of the entertainment factor on that yeah. that's for sure or yeah I mean, but it was cool to see the feud with my dad and uh, the freebirds that, that, that was really fun but one of my favorites was uh was uh, his feud with chris adams i i thought that one was at um they i believe it was at texas stadium but um chris adams hit my dad at the chair and jumped on his ribs on the chair and there was girls like crying and stuff. Like everybody was crying. It was just people were so invested. It was so cool. Yeah, it, it's you know amazing how much wrestling can if you know help people. You know, oh. you know I struggle with depression, so it's helped me through a great escape. So it's kind of cool <laughs> to see fans and stuff. You know, just Man, see, when you say stuff like that too, that that's like the reason. That's the reason wrestling is so fun right now. Is because exactly that. You don't know everybody's stories, and people that do, you know, struggle with anxiety, d- uh, depression, you know, because we have these things in our blood too, you know. I mean, and it's it's from our family. Our, our uncles were obviously overthinkers; they were hard on themselves, they were critical on themselves, and so that's why we have each other to keep each other accountable. My brother and I, we we hold each other accountable, not just to, like physically in the in in the ring and in the gym, but you know, like, hey man, how you feeling? Uh, you having a good day? I love you, bro. You know, we constantly remind each other. And um, and my dad said him and his brother had a bond like no other. It was it was it was they was them. They're out in the country, and it was just you know they were all each other's best friends. But even he said he hadn't seen a bond. He, him and his brother didn't have a bond like my brother and I have. And it's uh, it's you know it's it's important. I I think it's important because you know we went to Israel and we we're wrestling, and there was you know it's it's tense over there. There's there's Jews and Muslims, the Palestinians. Everybody was in the in the stadium at the same time and they had their arms around each other they, they cheered at the same time they booed at the same time they were laughing you know and it was i was like i was just looking at the crowd and it was like slow motion like man this is all for wrestling it's all over wrestling these people are getting along and my dad told me back in the 80s it was the first time in like 50 or 60 years that there was a ceasefire in the middle east when they when they came down there to wrestle and over they had a ceasefire just to watch wrestling my dad said he just saw the power of wrestling right there. Man, this is what a tool it is. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know if there's really an entertainment or you know sport it you know can cause that kind of emotion. Unlike wrestling, yeah. I mean, I don't think there is honestly. Yeah, it, and it's and it's it's pretty innocent if you think about it. You know, you want to see good overcome evil. You know, and, and it's when, when it's. But I mean, of course, there's there's the heel fans. You know, heel fans too that want to see evil overcome good, <laughs> but. <laughs> For everybody, you know, because there probably is a little of that out there too. You know, there, there's the the, the 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 it's it's so broad nowadays. Wrestling is so broad. You can if you you can watch whatever whatever entertains you. There's so many different types of wrestling that you can watch, and that's one thing about that we love about MLW. It's a fusion of a little bit of everything. You know, it's got luchadors, it's got the hardcores, you know, the shooters, it's got the you know the the high flyers. It's really got a little bit of everything, and and that's. That's really why we were so intrigued by MLW in the beginning. Yeah, MLW really does have a variety. You don't see it like that much in any other promotions. Yeah. Where it has a little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything. So, um, are you guys, like, how long are you guys signed to it? I don't know if you're allowed to share. Are you guys contracted to MLW for a few years? or? Yeah, yeah. I think we have uh, two. I got to check. I think we have two or three more years um, at MLW, but... It's uh, it's not exclusive. We can still work for any indie promotion or whatever. The reason I've been taking time, uh, we, the reason we've all we've been sticking to strictly MLW is because I just had a baby. But 
now he's a year older than the pandemic the pandemic started so but we've been just sticking to mlw at the time but yeah we're going to start taking other bookings again and getting around getting around but um but we really had no interest in going to wwe and mlw keeps us happy right now you know mlw is it's a great place to call home and we have a really good relationship with uh with court bauer he's just like a he's almost like the long lost brother the third brother the third brother he's a He's just, he, he came, he came at a perfect timing right when we were, you know, as Ross would say, lace up the boots. I don't wear boots. I'm going to, yeah, lace up, I don't know, I was, was going to hang the trunks up, I guess. <laughs> but, but, uh, but when we were almost done and then, uh, you know, he came out of nowhere with a message and, you know, and he said that, you know, we've been overlooked and, and he'd love to take a chance on us. And, and that was just, that meant so much so much at that time because you know i was like man what are we doing this for if we don't want to go to wwe what are we really doing this for and then that happened and there he was he allowed us to stay, live in hawaii you know if we did wwe we'd have to move to florida and get away be away from the family and so this is a way we can stay with our families and also you know stay, uh, wrestle once a month and do two or three tapings while we're down there and so it's it, it's been the it's been the, one of the the funnest times in wrestling for us and that's why we're so happy over there so what brought you guys to Hawaii? So my dad, when he wrestled in Japan from Dallas, they would um, stop in Hawaii every time on the way home, or they would uh, on the way on the way over. But um, he just fell in love with the place, and as he had, he would have like two weeks, or not two weeks, he'd have a week to kind of uh, to to get get a sleeping schedule right again, and then come on. Uh, and he wanted to stay in Hawaii, but he started coming to Kauai. Oahu is a really populated island. It's got a big city, Waikiki. But we're on Kauai. It's one of the most country islands. Um, it's the most western island of all the islands, and it's yeah, it's just uh, it's really laid back. It's all jungle, and you know, but there's roads, and we got a Costco, and we got stuff. And I mean, there's, there's civilization over here. We're not crazy, but <laughs> we got a uh, you know, this is a place that he fell in love with, and each brother had a, had like was in love with this island. My uncle Mike has has his own separate stories coming here by himself, and uh, you know, my uncle Carrie, my uncle Dave, they all would love this island and, and that's my dad took a, a when we first moved here i think he had like um a hot wheel from when my uncle dave was a kid he had a tooth from my uncle carrie he had something of each brother and and my grandpa and put him in a box and buried him in hawaii you know but they're 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 buried in texas but that way that way you know it says the the last chapter like a piece of them's here wow that's awesome it's kind of interesting to see how sometimes you can have an emotional connection with the place you live yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely sounds like you guys do your whole family. So, um, obviously you mentioned you didn't uh, want you don't want to do WWE. Is there any place that you, once you're you know, done with your MOW or you know your extra bookings that you can do with it? Is there any place you want to work that you haven't worked yet? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a lot of places. I, we we like that promotion OTT up in Ireland. That was that was somewhere we wanted to. Um, we, uh, when we were going to England, we were thinking about hitting hitting that way on the way back, or trying to hit a show up there. But you know, well, we're that we we just we just love traveling. We love seeing different places. We go and love going to different countries. We love going and seeing what the United States has to offer because you know we've 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 been all around the United States, but it's just so different. And so it's uh, I mean, there's a little bit of everything, and you know, and we've pretty much wrestled everywhere you can in Texas, almost everywhere. But uh, you know, Oklahoma, Arkansas. We, we've hit a lot of the, the southern states, Florida, you know, New York now, and uh, Chicago, uh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee. But we're, we're starting to go all around, and 
that, that's MLW is just growing, and so you know that, that's cool. We're going to get to see more places, but you know, yeah, we, we we really we just love traveling. We'll go anywhere, anywhere, anywhere that makes sense for us at the time. If if if, um, if our schedule's clear, we'll go. You know, it's we don't really have any resentment towards anybody, but but I I I, I can I can I definitely see us over at MLW for 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 a good time for a while because. You know, we got three more years, and we really were happy there right now. And who knows? Who knows? I've, I, I try not to look too far in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Makes sense. I was just wondering because there's a lot of wrestlers that come out, and, you know, they want to work WWE, AEW. You know, I don't yeah. – you know, so I was, was wondering kind of where you guys were at with that kind of thing. You know, and we, we definitely – we love we love what AEW is doing. You know, they're, they've, they've brought more attention to wrestling, and that's all that matters to us, you know. And, and so – yeah, we have, you know, Cody Rhodes is a super good guy. I met him, uh, I believe, in Dallas, uh, in Dallas, and I, I don't remember the whole story, but he had like, um, he went and visited the 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 Von Erich home of where all the where like the, during the childhood in like Dallas, where all the kids grew up, was on Fritz Lane, and um, either he bought a house on, on like around it, or he went and looked at it, and he was telling me about it, and I thought that was, was so cool. And he remembered my name, and so I was like, oh, cool. And I was a kid at the time, so. I mean, it made me like him. He's definitely he's a he's a good guy, and he deserves everything that it, that he's good that he's got coming. Absolutely. Um, did you guys ever get to meet Omega or the Young Bucks? I know that they had a presence in Japan. I just don't know if the your guys' timeline kind of was around when they were there at all. Well, we we met the Young Bucks uh, briefly in uh, at an autograph signing. I think it was in Oklahoma, and then um, you know we we texted them a few times when they came to Hawaii and visited and stuff, but. It was, uh, yeah, we, we, we haven't got to hang, them out, hang out with them as much as we wanted to, but yeah, they're definitely cool guys. We'd love to get to know them better, but it's, uh, they're, and when they were, before AEW, yeah, their schedules were crazy, and so we're always probably just missing each other. Yeah. The thing, uh, yeah, it seems like, and what I like is that it seems like AEW, and I don't know if you guys agree, if this seemed to have kind of an emphasizing on tag team wrestling, ah. so it's kind of refreshing to see that ah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate. It. There's definitely some t- some tag teams over there. We would love to, you know, to, to test our metal, to test our metal off of. You know, and a lot of the fans are requesting it too. And and you know, it's. I wish. I wish one day maybe MLW and AEW would work together and do a show. I think that'd be cool. And uh, it was a few months ago, but um, Dustin Rhodes uh, said something about us, saying that, um, a match, a match he would he wanted, or a dream match he'd want to, want to happen was him and his brother versus Ross and I. And, oh wow. Uh, yeah, we were like, yeah, we we'd love to do that MLW ring or or wherever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That'd be cool, kind of an AEW MLW partnership. You know. Yeah, brother. Yeah, brother versus brother. brother. <laughs> Get the young bucks in there. Make it a sick yeah, f- f- yeah, triple threat sick. brother match, tag team brother match. Interesting. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so since we're talking about that, who uh, is there any um? Opponents, specific, I mean, you just mentioned the Rhodes Brothers and you know, the Bucks, but is there anyone you specifically have not worked with, but you and you know you can make it happen? You know, who would you want to oh, face? Man. Like, who's your top person you want to face as a tag team, like that you haven't faced yet? It's kind of funny as so when we went to Japan tours, uh, Phoenix uh, came to wrestle for Noah for the first time, and like that was the one guy like. I've never, I've said this before, I've never hit it off with somebody, but we just, like, hit it off with them. Like, we, there was such a language barrier, too. We didn't speak the same language, but we were, like, laughing at it. Like, we were just, like, doing stupid stuff, making each other laugh. We're, I don't know, it was just, 
it was like our last three nights, but we became super close, like good friends. And uh, Phoenix and Pentagon, we think we think would be a really cool match to work with these guys. And also, there's some guys in MLW we haven't worked with yet, and so I'm excited to see what what comes from that. I'm sure we're gonna be able to work with everybody. But yeah, definitely the, the you know the the Heart Foundation, Brian and uh, Brian and uh, and Harry, uh, uh, you know what's it called, Injustice. And I loved working with uh, with the Dynasty. That that, that that was super fun. And the Contra. I mean, it's it's all been so fun. And we got to work with a little bit with Team Filthy, but I know we're gonna settle our business. We're gonna we're gonna see a lot of them when we get back. Get it? You just gotta wait for that restart. I bet you guys can't wait. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> if I start thinking about it, I'll, I'll stay awake all night. I get all excited. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Um. So yeah. What? You guys first got into the business. Was it? Did you guys feel a lot of pressure in your early on matches just because of uh, your last name and who your family is? Was there quite a bit of pressure for you, or was it kind of just whatever? You know, man. Uh, to, to to be honest, yeah, of course, of course. In the beginning, we first when we first got into it, and um, you know, it, we wanted to because in Japan it was just so different. My grandfather was looked at like a hero over there, and. And we, and the first time I ever called for the claw, I'll never forget like that pop, just because they hadn't seen it in so long. And I was just like, whoa, I didn't do anything to earn this. This is just, this was given. And it was just, I really, really appreciated what my grandfather did at that, just just lifting my hand up that first time. And so, um, yeah, man, there, there is pressure, but, you know, to be honest, and I'm not, I don't mean to sound like preachy or anything, but we've, we've been, uh, since we both we know that God has ordained this because there's been times where we thought we weren't supposed to wrestle and I got to a point where I was just, I, I prayed and I, and I asked God if, if this is what I'm supposed to do if this is what I'm supposed to do with my life is this the right thing and uh, there was a moment in time in Japan when we went up uh, we were on the roof and we were looking uh, we, we, we always get on the roof of the venues we work at we wrestle at m- most of the time but we went to the roof just to get away from everybody you know Say, say yeah, get our heads together, say a prayer, and uh, we scratched our name on this brick wall. Um, I got on Ross's shoulders, and we wrote, just wrote Marshall Ross, uh, 2012, at Hall, wherever it was. I, think, I don't think it was Kirken Hall, but um, we went and had our match, came back, and I was, you know, I still had that question in the back of my mind, is this what I'm supposed to do? And we looked at our, we looked at our scratching of our names, and we walked on the other side of the building, and we saw a really faint scratch, like almost exactly the same height as ours was. And I was like, you know, we looked at it for a second, talked about something else. I mean, what does that say? It looks like it says Kev. And I looked up there and it said David Kev, uh, David and Kevin, like 1980-something, with an alligator. My dad always, his signature, like, picture is an alligator with sharp teeth. And he, he, that's what he drew it. It was an alligator. And it said 1983, Kevin and David. And, and when I saw that, I saw that, that this is, my, my dad was on this exact same journey at the, at the exact same age I was at at that time. And it was just the most confirming thing I've ever felt. It was confirmation that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. This is that this because everything else we've tried failed. You know, we tried to play football, tried to go to um, try to do track in college. Ross had a magnet business, a fence business. Um, we sold, we did a shipping business to sell whatever uh, shit or get good prices for shipping. We tried everything, and everything failed. And this is the only door that stayed open. And at that time, I wasn't good. We weren't really weren't good at wrestling yet. But when I saw that, I knew that okay, I'm obviously supposed to. Be, I'm obviously supposed to be here. And knowing that I'm not in control of it, that you know God all made all this stuff happen. I didn't do anything to set up 
wrestling. I didn't do anything to earn my last name. This was things that were ordained to me, that were given to me as a gift. And so they almost took all the pressure off. It took all the pressure off knowing that, whoa, there's a higher power in control of all this. And and when, when I'm reading, all I got to do is trust them and believe them, and that's it. And, and and so it made it definitely in Japan. I, it was a it was a great great experience for for because I didn't have any phone, no distraction. But I had I fell on my knees. I had to cry out cry out to God during that time because it was a really like lonely experience at first. I was homesick. I was nineteen. I was, a, was still a kid, and it was uh, brought me to my knees and had some scary situations where I had to fight grown men that were at the time I felt like they were grown men and I was a kid. And there was one in particular, uh, Kinsuke. And um, and I had a singles match with him, and he was just you know, punching his chest. Didn't go over his match with me. Didn't even talk to me. And I was just like, "Oh shoot, what is this? What's about to happen?" And it was uh, one of the first times that I was just like, "God, if you're real, make me make me not scared. I'm so scared right now. This guy's gonna murder me. He's a grown man. I'm a kid. Uh, oh, I was just like scared." And then uh, this the the one thing I remember is like, "Fear not, for I'm with you." And I was like, okay, I'm going to believe it. I'm not just going to halfway believe it. I'm about to go to war with this guy, and I'm going to completely believe it. And I believed it. And I went in there and had, my, at that time, I've been having bad match after bad match. That was the first time that even Kinsuke himself told me, it's like, I'm proud of you. You had a great match. And uh, and I like started it off. I kicked him in the face like as hard as I could. I did everything as hard as I could. I, I was I was really trying to kill this guy. And he was giving it back. And the, the fears was going away more and more and more. And I was like emotional and in tears during it because I was the first time I actually experienced like uh, a piece of w- where I'm at in life and I was like whoa and it was just a I'll never forget that and so I'm going we're going off little confirmations like that and there's been a, a ton of them since then just just reminding us that you're, you're where you're supposed to be this is the path that you're supposed to take and so it took it takes the pressure off knowing that you know that this is that this isn't on me it's on him yeah I bet uh with how strenuous the wrestler's lifestyle is I'm I can only imagine, you know, having some having that faith kind of gets you through a lot of that. I bet. Man, it's the same thing. I got like we both we both have gone through anxieties and de- depressions and stuff, and you know we're human, you know, and it's, uh, it's 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 hard not to. It's hard not to. But it was just I don't know when I when I first when I first felt that relief and and I was on the road. I was away from family, away from all the people I loved, around these people that you know that that want to you know want to fight me pretty much that i'm third generation i don't want to show i don't want them to think i'm entitled or spoiled i want to show them i want to earn it but there's some days you just wake up and you're just not in it you know you mentally checked out another day of this i'm so far away from home i can't complain to anybody it just made me grow up really hard and the only person i could complain to was, was god and i was just i was in prayer most of that time ross too and it's it's what it's it's that's what we've that's what we've believed since we've been in this and so when MLW came, it was just another us trying to shut the door, and the door opened back up. Okay, this is it. Now we're going all out. Um, do you think that's kind of? Do you guys feel that a lot from vets and other guys in the? You know, maybe not nowadays, but you know, when you were first starting, was there kind of a feeling that people thought you guys didn't earn it, and that you guys were just third generation superstars that didn't work for it? Was that kind of a thing that was there? Or? In Japan, in Japan, um, it definitely was that, that you know they, a lot of guys fought and you know to get to pro wrestling noah dojo especially as an american that you know they would they would only brought in a few a year and uh and so we realized the honor once we got there and, and we're like oh shoot this is a really big deal and i even now we wish we wish we would have uh we would have 
showed even more respect than we did, you know, because we were young and there's days where I wasn't feeling it, wasn't trying as hard as I could in training. And, you know, these guys were going all out every day. Like there's a huge crowd there and it taught us to have that, men- taught us to have that mentality in our wrestling now. But it was, it was, uh, yes, the, we asked the boss, we're like, man, it seems like everyone's kind of always mad at us and everybody wants to fight us all the time. Cause we, but it made it where we only had each other and, you know, training was getting rough. The matches were getting stiffer and stiffer, you know, and it was, it was, it was getting rough at one point. And then, yeah, the, the, the boss told us that he said, you remember your third generation, you got to prove to these guys that you belong here, that it's destiny. Not that, that you, that you're just here because your name, he said, he said, guess what? That is what people's thinking. What are you going to do about it? And that's really what we were just like, yeah, screw that. You know, we're, we're, what are we going to do about it? Let's just honor this name. This is a gift, gift from God. Let's, we are Von Eriks, whether we like it or not. You know, that's what it says. That, that, that's what our names are. And so well, let's embrace this, not be afraid of it. And, and that's when, you know, not really caring what if people thought that or not, but we're going to we're gonna show love and respect to whoever whoever we're around. And when we're in the ring, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to kill you. But afterwards... If you're if you're if you're if you're baby face, I'm fighting you. We're friends after. There you, <laughs> you know? go. <laughs> yeah. So, did you guys get to work much with uh, Brian Pillman Jr.? Do you work much with him in MLW? I know he's kind of doing the AEW dark stuff right now, but yeah, that. Well, we'd love to work with Brian. Brian's a good friend of ours. We got um, we got close to him um, after a Super Eight we did in Philadelphia. But he's just such a good guy. But we haven't got a chance to work with him yet. I think we we might be able to work again. I mean, work with him, not against him. Uh, with Team Filthy, I'm assuming, because I know Team Filthy's mess harassing Heart Foundation too. So we'll see. But yeah, I, but Brian, he's, he's a great guy. Great guy. I, I'd love to. I'd love to get to work with him. Yeah, it seems like MLW has quite a few second, third generation wrestlers. Yeah. In there. I mean, they have you guys, Brian, uh, Heart, uh, Davy Boy. Uh, God, yeah. Am I missing anybody? Uh, Teddy was there, and he's gone now. Yeah. But- but also Fatu, Fatu, uh, his his dad is in the Samoan dynasty, and so it's uh, it's, it's it's pretty cool. You guys all kind of you know have a bond over all beans. Like, do you guys all get along? Is there kind of a bond there? It, it brings us closer for sure because we all had the same kind of upbringing, you know, the same kind of dads, and you know, they were we all told the same story growing up. He, um, what's your dad do? My dad's a wrestler. You know, they they both went through that. They they all went through that, and so. It definitely brings you. There's a, there's like a, a, mutual, a mutual respect. Yeah, I bet you know. I I just sitting here thinking about the pressure, you know. And I'm you know you gave the perfect response about peace and you know just embracing who you are because I'm assuming yeah. sometimes it can be hard, you know, because jealousy is probably a thing. I'm assuming, but yeah, no, no, for sure, man. It, it was it became the pressure became too great, and I was like, man, why am I doing this? And that was really what when things change, when I had something to, to believe in. And, you know, I've had talks with people before, if, uh, people that are like, man, that's stupid that you believe in all that God stuff. And, and I was like, you know, I'm not a gambler, you know, and it's 50-50. Say, I, say, okay, boom, I'm wrong, nothing happens. We turn into trees after this. But what if I'm right? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take, I don't want to take that chance. <laughs> Sometimes it's just, yeah, you know, better to believe in what you believe in and, you know, yeah. Worst case is what happens if you like, you know, it's better to believe in something too sometimes. Yeah. Than to believe in nothing. My dad's story. My dad, you know, he's did a lot of searching growing up and, you know, has experienced a lot of tragedy and he came out through that huge experience 
saying like there has to be a God because there's a devil that wants me dead and and his testimony is pretty pretty nuts you know and it's it's real and it's and he's definitely been through some he's been through the ringer and back but now he's one of the you know like the softest compassionate most compassionate men like I've ever met and he just he loves harder than any guy I've ever met he's always laughing he's so joyful and he just enjoys the little things in life so much um so I'm almost closing I is there any like what would you say is like one of the funniest stories your dad's ever told you that you're allowed to share? Yeah, you know, we asked you about some of your guys' funny stories and you know travel oh, yeah. stories, but anything you're allowed to share, obviously. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah this one's kind of gross, and it, but it's our humor. But um, so there's uh, I forget what wrestler it was, but um, uh, they had a match and um, he went in the back and he chewed up. I think it was fresh trunks, but he chewed up a Snickers bar and spit it in the back of his trunks. And so it just looked like a turd with nuts in it. <laughs> and uh, he spit it, wiped it all in the back of his trunks. And um, he came in the locker room with all the guys. I think it was at Kirk and Hall, too. And he came in with all the guys, and he was like, man, I gave it everything I had tonight. I left it all in the ring. And then he stuck his hands in his pants like, whoa, I left. I left. He's like, seems like I brought a little with me. And he pulled his <laughs> pants down, and everybody saw the big turd in the back of his trunk. <laughs> Oh, he smelled it and he was like oh yeah that, he's like, that's a turd alright and then he took a bite out of it and oh. was oh. it, it was a Snickers bar but to the, to, the, to, the, to the guy that doesn't know that that's a gross turd with nuts in it oh god he got I was like dang that's a good troll right there oh. yeah, my, my dad was like who are you ribbing are you ribbing us or yourself man and I Oh, that's a good follow-up. Once again, you know, we're running out of time here. What's the worst rib you guys have gotten? Like, who's you know, ribbed you the hardest? No, nothing too crazy. Uh, besides, you know, there's guys that always hide the... I think that's the most classic one. If you're a champion of a promotion, they hide your belt right before you come out, and you're like, kind of puts you in a little panic. The promoter's mad at you. You lost your belt. I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't know. You know, it's that. that's frustrating, but... I don't know what's what's been the what's been the nuts is spraying water on the crotch maybe. Oh yeah, someone made it look like I peed myself. I sprayed water <laughs> on the crotch and I didn't know. I was out there acting all confident and stuff. But um, there there's a few. I mean, there's there's not really a rib. I mean, there's a lot of embarrassing things that have happened in the ring. I one time I ran in the ring as fast as I could and slid on my stomach through the bottom rope and my trunks like tacoed. They rolled all the way down to my like, to my uh, to my knees and. It's. I had to unroll them while my butt's exposed. That was that was pretty hard to come back from. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> what about you, Ross? Man, uh, probably acting like you knew me after that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, I don't know. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh man. One time I gave a. Uh, I forget what it was. I, I gave a move. I think it was a boot. And for some reason it was like a one out of a million thing my my other leg came off the ground and i just did like a like the the dumbest looking butt bump you ever saw and it was just like the most you would have had to seen it kind of thing. it was at a small show yeah. luckily but it was against nakajima yeah yeah like I, I think that was the most embarrassing part is i was with wrestling a guy i admired so much and nakajima and then um you know i give him a move and i just look like a Total like klutz, man. Everybody kicked him in the face, and I just saw him disappear. He just fell straight to his butt. Yeah, no, nothing. Uh, yeah, I wasn't exposed or anything in that kind of way. But there's... <laughs> one time, one time, uh, a guy was gonna do a leapfrog over me, and uh, I, I think I did a leapfrog at the same time. And we did like a scissor in the air, and that was embarrassing. <laughs> and it hurt super bad. 
sometimes your body's just not meant to go certain ways and <laughs> yeah yeah all right guys well um so, <laughs> i'm sorry dave do you have any final questions i kind of actually like started taking over like most of it <laughs> yeah i got one last bonus question for you uh, whenever you guys do decide to hang it up what do you want your legacy to be whoa that's a good <laughs> wow sorry <laughs> I got that off the top of my head right now. No, I didn't. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I was expecting that. <laughs> you know, one thing is I remember when I was when I was younger, and I don't want to say the guy's name because, you know, that's that's a, I mean, I, I don't know. I, but the, I got snobbed by a wrestler when I was really young until he knew who my dad was. But it hurt so bad when he um, was like, get out of here, kid. You know, and I was just like, man, I looked up to him so, so much. And I'll never forget that feeling. And um, I forgive the guy, but it left an impression on me to never do that to a kid. Because, you know, to, uh, you know, there, there's we've been at a lot of shows where we, there's some kids from broken homes and, you know, not having dads, not having, you know, not having like a, a fatherly figure to look up to. And when they look at you, their eyes glow. You know, when you're eight years old and you look at a wrestler, it's just like, you hero. Tell me, yeah, hero. You, you know, whatever he says, remember for the rest of your life. And so seeing that we had that impact on on some kids was like almost like a, a pretty crazy duty and a responsibility it felt like and that was when like things really changed for us we started like really loving on the kids and encouraging them and and you know uh, listening to them you'd be surprised how many kids don't get listened to and it was uh it, it was I, I guess our legacy to be that is you know we're we're not trying to be we're not trying to be like baby, yeah, baby faces or big shots or anything we really are just we genuinely, genuinely care about the people that are coming to see us, and and we're we're enjoying it just as much as you're enjoying the wrestling. We're enjoying meeting you guys and seeing you guys and getting to know you guys and like hearing the stories of what made you become a wrestling fan. Because we we just, just you know honestly we just love wrestling. We're wrestling marks, you know. But we love wrestling. And we get to do it for a living. This is like this is the coolest thing ever. I love everything about it. I love the fans, even the ones that hate us. You know that's. It wouldn't work if it wouldn't if it wasn't for everybody, you know. I'd rather them like me, but if they hate me, that's that's up to them. But I don't hate you. <laughs> Do you have anything to add to that, Ross? Or man, I I totally agree. The same thing, man. I I remember that that day and that experience Murph was talking about, man. I just I just want to be. It sounds simple. I just want to be a good guy where somebody can look back and be like, you know, I I met that guy and you know, he you know he was. A, good you know because you hear these stories about you know somebody will say oh i met your uncle when i was uh, eight years old and um and he he could have just walked right by me but he said but but he you know you know roughed up my hair you know slapped me on this arm and you know kind of you never know who that kid's gonna be the, the rock um shared a story and it meant so much to us but he said that he was uh he was um he was at a wrestling show with his dad and his dad um, after the show was upset with him and got him like in a in a headlock and embarrassed in front of him, embarrassed him in front of the whole locker room and it was a kind of a humiliating uh, thing for him and he said that my uncle Kerry was in the locker room at the time he left the room and he was he was a young kid and he said he was uh, teary eyed sitting uh, with his back towards everybody and he said he felt a real big arm come around him and said how's it going buddy and, you know and it was my uncle Kerry and, and he said that that impacted him so much as a kid. And you never know what that kid's gonna be, who he's gonna be, and so I mean, it's, it's man, just it, it's life's too short to hold grudges and be an a-hole. You know, it's it's it. You know, care, we really should 
try to all care for each other. Cause everyone has stories. Everyone has nut stories, you know. And it's it's the it's it, you, I'd rather not regret how I treated someone. I'd rather you know regret that I spent too much time with somebody and I'm in trouble with my boss or you know something like that. You know, I, I've, I've, I've we've only had good experience when we get to know a fan and talk to him. I remember one guy was telling us. Um, he was yelling at us. It was kind of nuts, but we were we were in a um, we were in a wrestling match, and I forget it was like it wasn't a lumberjack. I forget what it was, but we were I was at the ringside, and some guy was like, "You guys suck! Ha ha! Your uncles are dead! Ha ha! Your family's suicidal!" There's like just saying like the nutsest stuff, and I was just like, "Man, this guy's like asking to get slapped." But I, I was I was just looking at him, and I couldn't believe it. Ross like, "Let me talk to him real fast," and Ross jumped down from the apron. And said something to the guy, and the guy like, like I saw his eyes rolled up with tears, and I was like, "Dude, what'd you say? Did you like insult him or something?" And he's like, "No, I told him I loved him." And, uh, and I was like, <laughs> "We're trying to get better." And it was crazy. The guy demeanor changed. I thought Ross like rib, like said like the most messed up thing ever. I was like, "Dang, tell me that insult. I want to know that." <laughs> it, it was it was showing that guy love, and you know, and after the show, we got to spend time with him, and he you know, he had a just how we thought he had a rough life lost a family member and it was he was letting that out you know and and you know i'm glad i did i glad i didn't say anything that i regret or actually slapped him you know <laughs> that's, that's a great way to handle it for sure ross yeah. you know, sometimes Wasn't yeah, man, love. I think love's more powerful than hate man i, I totally i totally believe that sound like a dang hippie <laughs> 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 yeah, I feel bad, Ross, because it's like me and Marshall have been talking, and I hadn't, you know, I wasn't trying to. I feel like I haven't, you know, asked you too much stuff. Uh, hopefully, I'm being entertained over here. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I drink a lot of coffee, blues. Yeah, Marshall's the caffeinated one right now. So, <laughs> so you and Dave are just sitting here like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk later, man. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's tagged in most of this match. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taking the heat. But guys, uh, I think that will uh, call it. Um, you know, just speaking of you know. You guys saying, you know, makes a kid's day, you know, and stuff. Talk to them, you know. I'm not a kid, but, you know, it really makes, you know, us as podcasters days when you guys kind of just give us the time of day to chat with us. You know, it means a lot. You say the same here, man. It's, it's, it's mutual. Thank you so much for they, they, this is for conducting this awesome interview. This is one of the, the, one of the funnest interviews, you know. It was, it was strictly questions, and, and you know, it's when you when you talk about the, the past and, and what got you here? It's encouraging. I'm encouraged right now, and you guys are good at this. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, we thanks. appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right, man. All right, guys. That will be it for this week's United by Wrestling. I'm your host, Dustin Struction, with my co-host, Dave, and uh, stay going, my friends. <laughs>